This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground, presented by the ScienceFictionary.com. I'm Andrew, and I'm here tonight with Marisha. Hi, everybody. And it's just us tonight. Uh, we're still working on getting everybody else back on the show, but yep. it is awfully hard to get everybody's schedule together to record for three to four hours a week. Alas. <laughs> it, it has... Well, and... We kind of we haven't done much recording here lately. Well, the we've we've done real good on the science fictionary. We've done podcast. well on the show where we have other people who give us things to talk about. Well, and people who you know count on us to you know show up to record everything, right? So when we got out our our two year anniversary episode, and then we kind of went mm-hmm. awol. But it, it's I've been kind of trying to get back into the swing of things with actually doing work mm-hmm. on a consistent level. It's a good thing um, to do sometimes. Yeah, it's been well, a weird couple of months. Well, it has. I May, March, March. I worked a fair amount, but April and May and most of June, I did nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing a quarter of the work I would normally do at very most. Right. And it seemed like there should be lots of extra time to record, but honestly, the world was going to hell in a handbasket, and I was too depressed to sit around and talk about Star Wars. It's just been a weird, it's been a weird few months, but uh, we're going to try to get more consistent with this show, and Robbie's going to be back on it soon. It's, It's kind of... When things do eventually calm down, we're going to get that the RPG stuff going. I've started with working on mic setups and stuff this yep, week. It's exciting. Robbie is getting to the point where he's Robbie's a Dungeons and Dragons player and plays some other games, but the Star Wars, not just the lore, learning the weapons and character abilities and things that are just different. All the and, background information uh, since, and so he wants to get it all right before he. GM's a game for in, us. In true gore fashion, he's a perfectionist. Well, you know, he wants to do a good story. He wants to do it right. And so, no, it's not a criticism. It's just an observation. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have all that coming. I, I think we'll start seeing more of Daniel and David mm-hmm. showing up back on this show as well. Maybe more David than Daniel. This week, we actually are having to record the Science Fictionary twice this week, which means... Right. About five hours of recording just to get those because we record two episodes in a, a sitting. Time, right. So <laughs> we're recorded Monday and we're recording tomorrow. So we're technically recording four episodes. So lots of recording this. So week. we had to stop and squeeze this one in. And and like I said, you know, after this one comes out, I think I think my work is back. I think I've got my life back in order enough <laughs> to start to actually. Get things out on time. Yep. It's going to be, it's exciting. But we have not, we're we're really, we're going to start doing a lot more like we do on the Science Fictionary. If you listen to that show, if you don't, we'd love it if you check that out. We're working on a series over there we're very proud of right now with the pillars of science fiction. Yep. We've worked our way through novels, through TV. We've recorded movies, which 
you will have heard. If you listen to that show, you will have heard by the time this episode comes out. And we've got one more category. We're going to do a miscellaneous category, which yeah, covers... Yeah, not coming up with much on that. Uh, covers art and music. We have to steal some and, of yours. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about in there. You know, you have all the... Because I know we've, we've had a couple of people ask us, you know, well, you didn't include Buck Rogers. Right. Flash Gordon, which is critical for... Star Wars and a whole bunch of other things, or that was kind of an internal wrestling match of what do where you? Where does it belong? Well, what? Where does it belong? And when did it become critical? Like, mm-hmm. and it it really turns out that the most influential versions of those things were either print in comic books or as film serials, right. which we didn't include, or I opted to not include in my movies because it's different. It is different. It's when you have them all put together, it's a movie, right? But maybe, or maybe it's just a whole bunch of whole bunch little of, right. random episodes. I guess they did them different ways. But I think we'll see some things like Buck Rogers mm-hmm. and Flash Gordon show up in our miscellaneous category. Yeah. So. If you haven't checked out that show, we'd love it if you checked that out. But we're going to start doing some more topical things over here. We're going to start doing because it just, frankly, there's not enough Star Wars news mm-hmm. happening right now. You know, with no. the books, we haven't even talked about this yet. You know, they pushed back the High Republic. We we did a whole episode talking about the High mm-hmm. Republic stuff, and we're pretty excited about it. I, I think that it's risky. I, I don't well, I, risky is the wrong word. If it's bad, it's just bad, and you just move on. Because you set it in a whole other era, and right. if it's bad, then you just forget it happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Know, I'm, I'm excited about it. Though. But I'm optimistic. I, I think got some talented writers involved there, and mm-hmm. I expect it to be okay. I, I think that there's always some danger. I think there's some things being included in Star Wars books that you would never find acceptable in a Star Wars movie. Now that's that's honestly been my biggest complaint. With some of the Star Wars books. I mean, I love Lost Stars, but I couldn't do without sex scenes in my Star Wars. Star Wars is for kids. Star Wars is for kids. Star Wars. Oh, but check out the sex scene. That's I'm not what, a fan. That, and, and because it's the same people saying Star Wars is for kids right. who are putting sex scenes in Star Wars books. Right. And that... I'm, you know, I'm really unhappy about having to censor the things that my kids can listen to on my Audible account because, I mean, I literally had to explain to my daughter, I, why can't I read this new book about, you know, Padme? And I'm like, because of the sex scenes. When I was a kid, I, I grew up, I was 10, 11, 12, you know, when the Star Wars EU really started taking off. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this before. We had a rule in my house growing up that I had to be reading something Mm -hmm. that I had to read every day. And Mm -hmm. like, I had to have the book there so somebody could see that I was making progress through it. Mm -hmm. And part of that was somebody would take me to the bookstore. Either my dad would just bring me home a book Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, you'll like this one. Or somebody would take me to the bookstore and say, pick out a book and I could go pick up a star Wars book. And nobody ever had to question. Nobody had to re proofread it. Right. Because that's the thing is I can't give my daughter. Who's 10. Who's 10. And an avid reader. Just any star Wars book that comes out because I've got to read it first to make sure that it's appropriate. I was really, um, and I really enjoyed, um, queen shadow, but I was really disappointed when I discovered that it wasn't something that I could give to my nine-year-old daughter to read. Right. Because she loves Padme. But there's even a scene in Lost Stars. Yep, there is. Which is arguably the best book in the new canon. And I love the book. 
But it didn't need that scene. Unfortunately, that seems to be just what young adult literature does. I, I, I've noticed like the ones that are for adults um, don't seem to be going no, that direction. Star Wars adult novels don't have that crap in them. Um, and the kids' no- stuff doesn't, obviously, but some of the best stuff coming out is the young adult stuff, and it's most it's got it. many, many of the best writers writing right now are writing in the young adult category because it's what's selling. Right. It, it started selling. I think Harry Potter really created that phenomenon. Yeah. Not that there weren't successful young adult books before that. Although, um, but Harry Potter, Harry Potter certain, actually kind of started out more for children. It, it was did, published but it by grew, Scholastic, it, but it grew here. into it did well. And then, of course, which was the intention. But here's the thing, though: Twilight is the thing that really made young adult as a genre. A big deal, and, and which Twi- is amazing because those books are trash. They are, but they're very. It's all sex obsessed, though. It is, but it's to to borrow a phrase from my grandfather. It's not worth the paper it's printed on. No, I really did try and read Twilight because it was a thing. They're garbage books, mm-hmm. and if you're a Twilight fan, I'm sorry. I, you know, <laughs> you're you're welcome to enjoy. I'm sure. That if you looked through my vast catalog of books up here, that there's some stuff that's just not that good that I really like. Yeah. But there's, you know, when you start screaming about someone being this incredible writer or, or trying to hold people up to be, you know, then I, I want to just scream every time someone utters the phrase, the next Tolkien. Right. The next Tolkien. That it's been a very long time since those books were written, and nobody has come close. No, to the world building and the. Well, he was such a. Um, the only person that ever came close in world building was George Lucas. If you want to talk about the heir to that throne of world building, it's George Lucas. It's yeah. not. It's not Rowling, and it's not anybody writing any of this other stuff. I mean, Rowling. Nothing wrong with Rowling's writing. Rowling was a brilliant writer. Yeah, but she. She built her stuff on the backs of, of other things. There's there's not that much original about her story. It's a different perspective. That's it, yeah. the thing about she she um, looks at things a completely different way. And that's what's innovative about Harry Potter. Right. Is how it takes lots of really ordinary things you do every day and be like, well, how would you do this if you did it with magic instead of with machines? Right. And so... I guess to pull this back in before it becomes a science fictionary episode, I have no problem with people that want to read books with that stuff in it. It's yeah. fine. It's not my thing. Like I don't, I don't care to read that stuff. Yeah. But the fact that I can't just like if my daughter comes on, I can't just let my daughter come in and grab a book, a, a Star Wars book off my shelf. Yeah. I have hundreds of books. Yep. It's when Marisha and I got married, we literally had to start getting rid of books because I think between us, we filled like what eight or nine full size shelves. Well, and one of them was that huge one. So probably eight or nine regular size bookshelves. But we ha- still have, we had that giant one. Well, we like, still got like what five here around yeah, the house? One, two. The giant one, three, four, yeah, five. We've yeah. got five books. And some of this one is stacked double deep. Yeah. We have lots and lots of books. So we have lots of books. And literally, the only the only books that I own mm-hmm. that my daughter can't just come pull off my shelf, and I have stuff ranging across a huge spectrum of yeah. topics, 
and the only books that I would have to be careful about my daughter grabbing off the shelf and reading are my Star Wars books. Yep. That's not my favorite thing. And, and like I said, you know, they're putting things in Star Wars books that you wouldn't put in a Star Wars movie. Yep, yep, I agree. And, that, and that's not, I'm not going to get back into the conversation of do we need R-rated Star Wars. Although I see that one come up a lot. I mean, that, that's worth discussing. And and it's like, no. I think that you lose the magic of what Star Wars is the moment you do that. It's like, do and we... I question, I question you if you say, yeah, we need R-rated Star Wars. What is it that you're asking for? Because we've had plenty of violence. Right. We've got de- we've got death. We have gruesome deaths. Mm-hmm. And I don't think and, and we've got war movies. I mean, Rogue One is a war movie. We've got carnage on a on a large scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the animated series. I mean, sometimes the way stormtroopers getting... go out yep. is uh the kids I started actually kind of going the stormtrooper would die this horrible death and my kids would laugh and I'm like, Yeah, it was a person, right? Yeah, I know it's a cartoon, right. but like, yeah, the character's dead, right? And, and, like, and, I, and I pointed that out, and then they kind of just like wait, blanched a little bit, yeah. And you know, it really like he's kinda... dead. He didn't just go floating in the water indefinitely, right? So to to kind of see things that way, so it, I really would question you if you're insistent that Star Wars needs R-rated material. I really would question what it is that you want in Star Wars because at this point, the things that are going to make Star Wars R-rated are going to be sex and language or gratuitous violence. You know, heads getting ripped off. You know, like uh, gladiator kind of violent. Right. I mean, that's we don't really watch those sorts of movies generally, no. but. I mean, some. if we do, we skip those scenes. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, some of the, I mean, the John Wick movies are pretty violent. That's true. Um, Logan, but Logan. That's true. Logan was very violent, and it's one of the best comic book movies ever made. Yeah, but it was clearly not made for kids, and nobody said it was. Right? Was it? We were watching the trailer for the boys, and they were like, "This show, which is clearly not for children," although I've been shocked to find some people let their kids <laughs> watch it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm. I'm not I don't even remember where this conversation started at this point, but the the fact remains that there are some things in some of these Star Wars books that mm-hmm. I don't really know who they're put there to appease. Well, they they don't need to be there. I agree. I agree. So maybe at some point we'll rein it back in and get some Give Timothy Zahn some more books. He doesn't put that kind of garbage in his writing. <laughs> no, and I mean, Timothy Zahn's got, he's got a whole trilogy coming. Now, that was the upside to the, yeah. you know, his book's supposed to already be out. It was, I believe it was supposed to have come out in June. Right. And I was, might have been July, but it was supposed to be out before Dragon Con. Right, because we were going to get it Because I was excited about getting it, because I always, every year, I go get my, whatever the new Zahn book is, signed Mm -hmm. at Dragon Con, because he's just a staple there. Yeah. And I was really excited, and then all of a sudden, they said, oh, well, they pushed it back to after Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. And I really only think they did that so that it didn't compete with the High Republic stuff. Right. Because Zahn's got a following, people are just going to buy his books. Yep. No matter what. Right. Well, now the High Republic stuff got pushed to sometime next year, next next late 
late winter, early spring. Something like that. Um, some of them don't have release dates. Like, the comics don't have release dates anymore, which I assume is because... <sighs> the comic drama. All the drama with Diamond has, mm-hmm. you know, shutting down. and Right. So, it's a matter of distributorship. Mm-hmm. And, and so, we'll have to see how the comic industry shakes out altogether for that. Mm-hmm. You may wind up with... The upside is, is they pulled his stuff back up a month. Right. So it is it is still coming. Unfortunately, Dragon Con it hadn't they hadn't pulled the plug on Dragon Con yet, but they they gave us the option of rolling our tickets to next year. Yep. And I, I think that we're gonna take them up on we it. We just went ahead and took them up on it and rolled our tickets. And um yeah, we hated to do that, but I still I imagine that a cancellation is imminent. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're hearing more no- things about numbers spiking with the coronavirus again. And whatever that means, whatever you believe about that, it, it is what it is. And I can't imagine them having Dragon Con. I know the city already said no parade. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I can't imagine them doing it. Right. Yeah. We, we're not going to be going to Dragon Con, but we're getting that Timothy Zahn book. But, yeah. We're just going to be, I'm excited about that. Um, and of course, the new Alphabet Squadron book just came out. I just haven't gotten it yet. Oh, did it? Okay. Uh, so I need to get that. And of course, we're really excited right now, or at least I am, about Star Wars Squadrons. Marisha doesn't play video games, but uh, we got to see some, since we did the last episode. We, you and Quentin are super excited about Star Wars Squadrons. Right. <laughs> you going to um, play it with a nephew? <sighs> I bet he's a real spastic video game player. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mean to say that playing games with six-year-olds isn't really your speed, love? <laughs> no, not not really. Of course, he's not six anymore. He's like, oh, shut up. It's like eight or nine. No, right? he's not. That's not possible. Um, but yeah, I mean. We're, we're looking really forward. We got to see, since the last time we talked about this on this show, we got to see a little bit more footage. Yeah. Um, some gameplay footage. And it, it looks... It looks cool. Like it could finally be a true heir to the old X-Wing series. Andrew's threatening to mutilate my favorite chair and make it into a um, a cockpit, an X-Wing cockpit. You don't ever <laughs> sit in that chair. I'm the only one that sits in that chair, and it would make a, it would make a very nice X-Wing cockpit. <laughs> Again, all this started off to say we're going to start doing a lot more topical stuff mm-hmm. like we do on Science Fictionary just because the news just isn't there. I mean, all the news right now in Star Wars is it's, it's rumors and gossip and mostly a bunch of BS. Right, yeah. So... Eventually there will be... Well, I mean, we'll have new you content know, to talk a few about. months. So, in a few months, the Mandalorian will be out. Yep. You know, they're going to get back to some of the other productions on on um, mm-hmm. the Cassian Andor series, and yeah, we're going to get some real legitimate news real soon. I think about what's next for the movies. I'm I'm a little afraid that they may just they were talking about taking a break. Next movie's supposed to come out in 2022. Well. Mm-hmm. That's when the next celebration is, and I'm a little afraid that they may kick the can down the road and not really put any movies into production right now. Yeah. And I I think that would be tragic. Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, you're a a sci-fi... 
you, your your goal is you know you're a sci-fi fantasy product and mm-hmm. the um, sheer volume of sci-fi and fantasy projects coming over the next few years is astronomical and honestly i mean it's star wars so it's always going to be star wars but especially if disney's going to be doing any of that they may not want to be stepping on their own toes yeah so but we'll just have to see It'll be interesting to see what comes out the next couple of months once things start going back into production and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, again, in, in the absence of news, we're going to go back to really the way the show was more when we started it and mm-hmm. uh, do a lot more topical conversations. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you have ideas, shoot them this way. And, yeah. And uh, I think we've got some interesting things, and I think we'll do it after our after we finish our – Pillars of Sci-Fi conversation on the other show because what we've done, if you haven't checked that out, what we've done is we've we've delved into the history of science fiction and tried to pull out the the books and the TV series and the movies that have been critical in shaping what we now know as science fiction. Right. And we're going to do the same thing with fantasy, which both will affect Star Wars. Yeah. And I think when we're done, an interesting thing to do would be to go back and say, okay, so now we've we've delved into that. Now let's go back and let's dissect all the things that had a um, had a impact on shaping what Star Wars is. I was that's funny. I was thinking the same kind of thing. I was just waiting for an end to say we could do the four pillars of Star Wars. Yeah. So so I think that once we're done with that it would be interesting to come back and specifically say instead of what led to the culmination of these things in Star Wars mm-hmm. what were those things? What Right. What were the ingredients that, you know, the factors and the the sort of things that were marinating around that sort of turned into Star Wars eventually. Right, and and of course though, that that has been done. We, it's not like we would be doing something original, yeah. but but it still. would be fun to actually go back and watch some of those things, watch some of those samurai movies, right? You know, and actually, I mean, I've never seen a lot of them. I just heard them referenced. Right. Yeah. You you definitely need to see the the Kurosawa films, mm-hmm. but um, th- there's a lot of things that had had impact there. You know, they wouldn't let George Lucas make a Flash Gordon movie, which is what he wanted to do. Right. And so he he turned around and made Star Wars. Right. That's crazy. That was Star Wars was his. Flash Gordon, Gordon movie in a lot of yeah. ways. So that'd be very interesting. But kind of in kicking off this new era of, not new era, but this this new time in our, our podcast where we're not going to be talking about a lot of what's going on in Star Wars because mm-hmm. there's not a lot going on in Star Wars. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Jedi Temple Challenge. Yep. Uh, but I think we're, you know, we're bringing back the... Padawan report. Yes, the Padawans are eager. So we we had a little that that kind of fell apart on us because two of the kids that did the Padawan report with us, it's my our niece and nephew, mm-hmm. who moved about a hundred miles away. Right. And while we do our other show, and this one at times via the internet, I mean we we Skype people in and. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing is a lot harder with kids. It is. It's sometimes when you ask a kid a question looking across the table, they go blank. Mm-hmm. Doing it on the internet, not making that better. Right. 
Yep. So we we gotta do a little bit, a little bit of practicing to try and get that going a little better. But the kids are really excited to to talk some more Star Wars, and it hasn't been for lack of their enthusiasm that we haven't done it. It's because their parents can't get their stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're specifically going to maybe even by the time this episode comes out, there might be there should be an episode of the Padawan Report talking all about. The Jedi, the Jedi Temple, Temple Challenge. Challenge. Yes, they're super excited about it. Um, just since we probably won't talk about it much on there other than asking them questions, like, uh-huh. what do you think about it? I've really been enjoying it. Um, it definitely, it's like, I, the first thing I saw about it, I was like, oh, okay, so it's Legends of the Hidden Temple in mm-hmm. Star Wars. But they've done such a great job. Um, I love that it's in-universe. I, I do think the immersion is really cool. It's really the only thing. It's it's not as it's an oversimplified version it of is. Legends of the Hidden. Temple. Oh yeah, definitely. But the kids really seem to be buying into it. And I made the mistake of saying, "Oh, we should have our own Jedi Temple Challenge at our next May the Fourth party." So now I'm going to have to freaking do it because yeah, good luck with that. It's a thing now. Well, we didn't really get to have a May the Fourth party this year. It's true. We just made blue milkshakes. We'll see if by we're ourselves. all still quarantined next May. I'm, I'm, if we're all still quarantined next May, I, I'm probably going to be going a little crazy. But <laughs> you and me both, love um, pulling on our hair. Um, but the the quarantine and the crazy is actually kind of what inspired tonight's topic, right? Yeah, we we definitely just kind of I I guess in, in a lot of our. our Friends at the Red Five Network have done some some similar things with just kind of like how do you filter all of the craziness going on in the world right now mm-hmm. and and how does your you know your your things that influence you like like Star Wars right well because I mean it seems easy to say like with everything going on in the world why 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 do things like that even matter and honestly I think that. The things that give us hope and the things that um, are, are a way to kind of filter how we look at the world, I think that they're almost more important. It's like it, at times like these, we need stories that help us learn how to be better. Mm-hmm. We need stories that help us learn how to understand the senseless evil. We need stories that help us l- look at bad things that are happening and see the good that comes out on the other side. You know, stories, they're they're such an important part of who we are as humans. I mean, people sat around campfires for thousands of years and told stories about heroes doing amazing unbelievable things about that one special person who did the remarkable thing. Um, And I mean, many, many stories, I mean, even some sacred writings kind of fall into that category of larger than life characters doing fantastical, unbelievable things Mm -hmm. with this power that nobody around them understands. Right. Um, And, you know, it, I actually did a, a poll on Twitter. I was kind of asking, you know, for you, is Star Wars a coping mechanism, like an escape? Um, or is it something that you use to sort of filter world events? And um, the 
majority of the people uh, that I polled definitely seem to favor the Star Wars as escape um, vehicle. But honestly, I think I tend to be a Star Wars as a way to look at the world kind of person. And I think that we're we're geared to do that as humans, that we we exactly what you're talking about. The the reason, the only reason to tell stories mm-hmm. is because it gives you a different window to the world than mm-hmm. your own. And while it is an escape, I, I enjoy these things as something that is put me in a different point of view and mm-hmm. and and let me see the story through somebody else's eyes. Somebody else's one of the problems. things I enjoy about video games. Mm-hmm. But with with a lot of things, and particularly, I think Star Wars is is especially relevant as one as people of faith. We see reflections of that all through Star Wars, mm-hmm. and obviously. Lucas didn't take things from a, a strictly Christian perspective. Or any particular or any strict particular, perspective. And it's when people have asked him about, you know, he just says, let's say I'm spiritual. Right. And so, but there's no doubt that that he took things from mm-hmm. Christianity and Buddhism and, and other religions of peace. Mm-hmm. and And interwove them into into this story. Mm -hmm. Some of those may not have been intentional. Some of those may have just been a worldview thing. Right. That Because your worldview always comes out in your writings. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But I think because of that, because Star Wars, as Lucas said, was was really written to to prompt people to explore spirituality. Yes. Yes. Young people, specifically. Specifically for young people to to explore spirituality. I think that we see those reflections in that. And even if it's an escape, it still is affecting how we process things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a... um, In fact, I was reading... I, I, I've been on a bit of a quest lately to find original publications from 1999 with pictures of the costumes that I want. Um, and I got one actually in today and I was just thumbing through it. And there was a quote by, by Lucas. He was being interviewed and he was being asked about like, what is it that you think makes Star Wars so ridiculously popular? And he's like, initially I was like, well, you know, I mean, I, I was as surprised as anybody that it took off the way it did. Um, and the interviewer kind of asked, well, do you think it's the, the sort of spiritual element? He says, well, you know, the, the struggle between light and darkness and, and trying to be a good person and do the right thing in, in, in spite of evil all around you is such an intensely personal experience. It's something that speaks to everyone, uh, not just people of a specific um, faith system, but it, it's, it's at the core of who we are to be human is we understand that there's good and there's bad and there's right and there's wrong and it's that struggle to to choose the light because it's the light Mm. you know and you know i think that it ultimately that i think that that is one of the things that does make star wars so timely 
It's, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, Lucas has specifically, you know, drawn parallels to political things that were going on, you know, like, you know, he, he likened his, you know, his, his Palpatine, you know, rise to power was in some ways kind of influenced by the, the way he saw things handled after 9-11, you know, with the Patriot Act and feeling like there was just so much government overreach and, and things like that. He was, um, you know, it was one of the things that he kind of, in his mind, had as, as the rise of the empire. Um, and so, obviously, yes, real-world situations, obviously, stormtroopers are directly yanked from from the Nazi vernacular. Um, but the, the remarkable thing about Star Wars is, have you noticed how everybody paints themselves as the rebellion and the other side is the empire. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle they're on. Everybody right. thinks that they are, those people over there are the ones who are building the evil empire and we are the great and noble um, rebels who are trying to pull them down. Right. Um, and I have heard several diff- people from vastly different political camps all state very definitively that can't you idiots see that those people over there are the empire and that we here on my political high horse are the rebellion. But I honestly, I think that that's part of the brilliance is that you can view the causes that you believe in and you view them as, you know, this ragtag, you know, Let's get our gumption and let's fight the system. And that's that's pretty remarkable because ultimately the, that's the point of Star Wars. Lucas wasn't looking to write anyone a treatise on this is the good thing and this is the bad thing and here are the real world parallels and you shall follow my point of right, view. Right, it's not allegory. No, he's just looking to be like right and wrong. Do the right thing and the wrong is always going to be seductive. And I mean, how, I mean, for the love of all that is holy, did we not see people falling into, you know, falling to the dark side in conversations about freaking face masks, you know, and, and, and the, the, you know, fear leads to anger and anger leads to hate and hate <laughs> leads to cursing people out on the internet because they have different opinions than you. I mean, the truth and the reality of the world is, and of this country is, is that we're really not all that far apart as people. Mm hmm. But we we obsess over fringe ideas, mm-hmm. and we, instead of talking to other people or even trying to understand their point, we just paint them as the villain. Exactly. Well, and isn't that kind of one of the but interesting... But that's what our leaders tell tell us to do. Right. It's they're the bad guy. Right. And so that's really where this whole... You, you could really make the argument, and again, I'm I'm going to... Not make the argument. Try to rein myself in here, but you could really make the uh, a realistic argument that the evil empire are the people telling us that we're so different. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because the truth is, is that we're all we're all people. We all have mm-hmm. we have different experiences, but not always all that different not all the same not all different right experiences we all have a lot of the same life experiences yep that's just 
you know, part of living in a community. Right. You, you share experiences. And yep. instead of rallying around those things, we, we listen to the people that tell us to, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're evil. They're Right. And the only solution is to uh, shut them down. Right. Although it is kind of interesting because we have been getting, even in Star Wars lately, we've been getting perspectives of people who were on the wrong side who were just so determined that they're right. Well, see, we, we've seen this interesting thing that has happened where over the last few years, and I, I don't know where it comes from. I'm, I kind of tend to want to blame Twilight <laughs> for trying to, trying to put bad guys on a pedestal because they're just misunderstood. Right. I mean... They don't suck human blood, love. Other kinds of blood. Yeah. See, the 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 thing is, is, you know, particularly when you talk about the the Twilight stories. I mean, those are there's some pretty malicious stuff under underlying themes going on in those books. Mm-hmm. It's not an accident that those were the inspiration inspiration for Fifty Shades. Yeah. There's some bad stuff lurking under the surface mm-hmm. of those books. And, and, and that may or may not be the the origin, but this whole, well, you know, he he's not really, really the bad guy. It's like, I'm sorry, Kylo Ren was the bad guy. But in episode seven, episode eight, in the first half of episode nine, he is the villain. Yep, absolutely. It's not a misunderstanding. He He's a, a villain of... The highest order. Yep. You know, we even see, like, even in the, in the in the kids' programming in in resistance in Star Wars Resistance, we we learned that he has led genocide against numbers of planets, mm-hmm. populated planets, city. I mean, like densely populated planets. It's like this is not the guy that's just misunderstood, right? And I and I think that the story even like told us it's it's not about him being misunderstood. He's mm-hmm. found it and nursed it and grew it and yeah, definitely has been exploiting it. Right. Not not to say that he isn't tortured and he isn't miserable and and he was and it, but it was all about you know it wasn't about anything his parents did to him. It was that he didn't want to live in their shadow. Right. It was about you know. Ultimately, about him being living in the in the shadow of heroes of the rebellion, right? And he didn't want to live in the shadow, right? He wanted to. He be- didn't want to wait, and he didn't want to wait for his time to yeah. shine. He he just wanted it to not exist, right? And and Palpatine used that. Yep, as he does. He's a master of a. Uh- breaking people taking all of their worst instincts and making that who they are we've certainly seen those people too right in the real world so yeah i mean and we've talked about this before you know but this whole trying to pretend that villains aren't villains Mm -hmm. and and it's always the danger of doing the whole sympathetic villain Mm -hmm. thing but sometimes you just have to let the villain yeah. Be the villain. It has been interesting, though, to kind of explore, like, the um, the character from Lost Stars who was, you know, so idealistic and committed to the law and order of the Empire, you know, until 
And then it just becomes... Well, this idea that you can have people on that side who are not evil, who are not right. villains, they're... They, they just really people. think that they're doing the right thing mm-hmm. because... Because law and order. Right. It's the greatest virtue. But yeah, so it's it's been interesting. You know, like I said, we've we've kind of just, you know, thinking through... You know, like I said, it's it's been a it's been a rough couple of months here in the U.S. of A. and uh, the rest of the world. But you know, I think one of the things that kind of have been thinking about is that you know the Star Wars does feel very timely right now with kind of all the things going on. Um, but it's it's easy to forget that a lot of these a, a lot of the things that inspired Star Wars were written during very tumultuous times. Um, you know, and, you know, many of the great epic stories that are, are the kind of the foundations of the, the hero genre, you know, stories like, you know, of Theseus and Gilgamesh and, you know, Odysseus were written during times whenever, if you think that this past year has been rough, let me tell you about the Middle Ages. Right. You know, I mean, plagues. And wars, large-scale wars, just ongoing for... I mean, now, we've had a large-scale war ongoing for a large portion of my life, but it's not here. We're not living it. It's on the other side of the world. Right. For us. But for many people in many times in history, and for many people not living in the West right now, these things, I mean, famine and starvation and, you know... All of these are, are very basic human experiences um, and, and the kind of the isolation that many of us have been feeling as there has been so much less uh, interaction with the people around us. You know, I, I find myself really, really like on a spiritual level relating to Luke Skywalker, just wanting nothing more than to get off Tatooine. He, all he wants to do is get out of that daggum moisture farm because it's all, I mean, I'm telling you, like, I didn't leave my house for three months and like, I would have given anything to go to a different planet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, we, we like to sit around and criticize characters like that, like, oh, like little whiny, you know, little whiny Luke, all he wants is to get off a Tatooine. And it's like, okay, but little, you sat in your house uh, so, for three months and all of a sudden you turned into the biggest jackass the internet has ever seen. <laughs> see, the thing is about about whiny Luke is that he's literally every teenager that ever grew up in a small town. Yes, that's true. And, and I say that as someone who grew up in a small town where everybody, the, everybody's number one goal graduating high school was to leave. Yep. And then it turns out that... Uh, the universe is a much more... <laughs> well, you leave and you find out that home's not all that different than the yeah. rest of the world. Yeah. That it's not as bad as you convinced yourself it was. Yep. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, I guess I hadn't really considered that particular angle. I mean, because I had a really different teenage experience than most of the rest of the world. I grew up... And I grew up in the suburbs of New Orleans, but I was had this really sheltered homeschool existence, so it was just kind of different. But but yeah, like especially since we I've been in Natchez, like a lot of people here were just like, I can't wait to get out of this town. In fact, someone specifically when we moved here, when my mom and my sister and I moved here, said, "Why on earth would you move here?" And now he's like, 
in Vidalia for eternity. Like he's entrenched himself. Like, why would I ever want to leave here? I was like, well, that's funny. I remember, you know, 16 year old you wanting nothing more than to get out of this place. What do you think, like, if you had to extrapolate like the most important message from Star Wars during challenging times, if you had to just like pull one thing, what do you think it would be? I mean, I think that's probably a really easy question because I think it's the thing that that we've been hammered over the head with in Star Wars is hope. Hope. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that, that goes all the way back. I mean, that's not a new concept. I mean, that that's what the whole story of Pandora's box is. Yeah. You know, all the evils released upon the world but closed. Within the seal was hope. So I, I think that's that's ultimately the the message of Star Wars is hope. Yeah. And and I think that we see that and the, the other is is that it is before anything else, Star Wars is a fairy tale. And it's simple. There, there's a lot of complexity to the storytelling of Star Wars. Right. But it boils down to light and dark. Yes. It, it's it's a, and in that way it's a classic fairy tale. It is, and in in it, the it's tradition, it's not about it's not about. And, and, and I, I know that there's some interest, and I know people like to explore the gray areas, and that's that's fine. Rogue One does a good job of of exploring the mm-hmm. gray areas, but, but ultimately, it's not about the, it's not about that. It's yes. not about choose the gray, right? It's not it's not it's not anybody saying, well, you know, you have three choices: the light the dark and the gray <laughs> it's it's no you 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 have a choice and that's really the choice of the people in that operate in the gray areas that's what mm-hmm. we see in rogue one is these people that cassian and the rest of these these spies this mm-hmm. network you know he says you know more or less we, we need we want to make up for the things that we've done mm-hmm. you know we're, we're willing to go die now because of the things we did in the gray areas before, mm-hmm. and we're willing we're willing to go die for the light. Yes. So even though the gray areas of any world are interesting to explore, mm-hmm. the story remains and should always remain. It's important, I think, that that's what Star Wars remained. That it it's a classic story of light versus dark, like Lord of the Rings. Yep. There are characters in Lord of the Rings that operate in the gray area, but it's not about that. Right. It's often about those characters having to make a choice. And and ultimately, that's what we see with gray characters in Star Wars is that yeah. you can't sit on the fence. Well, even Han Solo starts out as a pretty gray character. Yeah. You know, because we all know Ron Howard has established for us that Han shot first. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he definitely does not start out as a light side character, um, at least when we first see him in well, episode four. Right. Um, you know, we kind of s- no. When we, when we're first introduced, if you ignore Solo, which you shouldn't, you should see it. No, you should see it. It's a really good movie. It's a the, really good Star Wars movie. But for the purpose of the saga, pretending that you've never seen a Star Wars movie, and there in the corner sits Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. Not exactly a good guy at that moment. No. Well, now, what we learn about Han Solo is that he's he's kind of, then I've talked about this before, he, he's kind of Huckleberry Finn. 
and that he wants to be a bad guy so to be bad. A, he does. <laughs> he just really wants to be a pirate. And, you know, but that's not his destiny. And that's not ultimately who he is. Right. He's he spent a lifetime trying to build up a wall around himself where he doesn't feel the pull of that light, but he just can't get away from it. He just can't. He just when it comes down to but he just can't not go back and save the people right. that he just met, but he already cares about. Right. And that's the thing you forget about that first Star Wars movie is it's like you know, these people have a really short time to get this attached to each other. Um, but yeah, I think you're right um, that Star Wars is, you know, in its in its purest form and most simple form. You know, it's 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 very fairy tale, you know, and it's it's very much those those kinds of stories that people sat around fires telling to each other. You know, um, you know, because the interesting thing, you know, if you've only ever seen Disney fairy tales. It, it might not make sense because, you know, the shoe and the dress and the, the prince. But if you've ever re- read through not just your princess stories, but just books of old fairy tales, I mean, so much weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Nine league boots and, you know, weird magical stuff that with no explanation, which is exactly how the force was initially. It was like, and it's this thing that does this. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you just take it and go. Um but yeah, you know, it it definitely taps into the darkness that some of those because some of those fairy tales, man, they don't end so cheery. Disney versions always end on an upbeat with a wedding and you know stuff, but that ain't how it all goes down. And um, in fairy tale world, if you're reading old versions, you know the well, versions that weren't made just for children, right? And and here's the other way that I think it's important is I think that's the explanation for Star Wars. Fairy tales were not made for children. They are told to children. They were told to children, but they were not created for children. Well, they initially they were just stories that people told one another. Some of them, some of them were intentionally written to frighten children. Well, that's true. Uh, to make children afraid of nobility and, other other things it just you know witchcraft and yeah they were but many of them were tales meant to keep people in line yes uh but not just but not just children you know just people in general right and i think that's one of the ways that star wars is very fairy tale it's um it's a story that you tell to children it's something that children see and children can understand and relate to but if you if you pretend like these stories are just Something for children, then you you lose something really important about it. Okay, so back to the Twitter questions. If star, because a lot of people basically were like, "Why isn't both an option? It's both an escape and a way to process the world." So, if you had to pick your favorite way, um, because I mean, I think I think Star Wars as an escape is is pretty obvious, right? Right. Um, and that seems to be the, the simplest, you know, most, um, the easiest way to, to, um, process Star Wars. But as far as a, a kind of a lens through which to, um, understand craziness in the world, you know, like if, if it were something that we were talking, telling to the kids, you know, what would be 
the most relevant lesson in Star Wars to specifically what's going on now in the world. Okay, so if you had to, okay, so we, we've talked about how Star Wars is not created to address like any specific thing going on in the world, right? It's just sort of a general message about too much power and too much evil and too much greed and too much fear. Um, what do you think if you could, actually, we may have already kind of discussed this because we did hope. So, like, what is the most important message in Star Wars for, so uh, that uh, we've already kind of. I mean, hope, hope is a big part of that, but I, I think among other things, it's fight for the things you believe in. Isn't that really kind of the, the basic thing that they're, I mean, from the very beginning, that's what, that's, that's where they're going. They're, you know, he's, he, he sees this girl and he's like, I've got to save her. At that moment, that's what he believes in, is saving this girl. Right, and, and what, that's what we see with Luke as part of his journey is that he's, even, even when he first sees the princess, like, he's like, well, somebody needs to do something, mm -hmm. but I can't go anywhere. Right. You know, I, harvest is coming up. I can't leave. You yeah. know, he's still bound to his responsibilities. Right. Which, you know, the universe decides to, to leave him of. Poor Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. By the way, anybody who thinks that Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru are anything other than amazing needs to just... They're wrong. Anyway, continue. And then we see, you know, so he sets out in, in his... His mission is is not it's not to save the world, not to save the universe, right? Not to go take on this mighty empire and, and be the hero. He's going to save this girl, right? And each step along the journey, you know, he rescues the girl and she opens his eyes to an even bigger picture, right? It's one of those things that's uh, what what was it in? I can't remember what. It was we were watching, and it says, "I don't even care what you believe in; mm -hmm. just believe in something." And it's 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 a, it's a much more meaningful way to live your life. It's easy to hide in your house and and ignore the world around you, mm -hmm. which you may need to do temporarily for the sake of your sanity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's certainly times that that's a valid thing to do, but you can't. But you can't live that it's way forever. Not, it's not a very fulfilling way to live your life. No, you can't just you can't just bury your head in the sand, right? Indefinitely. So I think if I had to pick a a line that I find rings the most true right now, the idea that fear leads to anger and anger leads to hate and hate leads to suffering you know we're looking at a lot of people suffering because somebody didn't deal with their fear a long time ago and i think that you know it's it's timely for us not to to sit and bury our heads in the sand because we're afraid because ultimately that never did anything for it never did anything for the world and it certainly never did anything for an individual so here's to not being afraid and to fighting for the things that you believe in and to 
remembering that even in the darkness that there is always hope. And just because somebody tells you that you're the good guy doesn't mean you shouldn't self-reflect on that. Because I honestly, I think that as wicked and messed up as he is, I think even Palpatine thinks that he's a good guy somewhere deep down. Because he's going to get, he's going to fix all of this. He knows how to fix it all. Right. It's By golly. I, the thing I always think about is uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along <laughs> blog. Uh, if you've never seen Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. And you're an adult. And you're an adult. You should check it out. It, it's pretty funny. It kind of came out of the writer's strike a while back where Joss Whedon got together with a bunch of his friends and made a musical. he was bored. <laughs> and what is it that Dr. Horrible says? He says... Now we're going to have to go watch it. Yeah, so I can't can remember the whole quote, but he, he basically says that, it's, it, yeah, the world is a mess and I right. just need to rule it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's pretty much what the emperor's got going on. But yeah. in well, case I, you missed kind the memo. Of, I, the emperor is, is an interesting one because like we've said on here before, like he's, he's Satan. Yeah. He, there's no, there's no indication that he was ever good. No, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't think that he's the bee's knees. Well, right. But it's like, it's almost easier to say that's Vader. I mean, it's almost exactly Darth Vader. Yeah. Is that, you know, he doesn't set out to be evil. Like, right before he turns, when he's Anakin, he's like, you know, I just, I just need to be in charge of this and I could fix it all. Right. If only, and who's going to make them do it? You? Well, maybe. Right. I could do a better job than they're doing. Right. And yeah, that's always a So that's, that's the same thing as slope. Dr. Horrible's The World's a Mess and I Just Need to Rule It. Right, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, those are our thoughts on uh, Star Wars in a time of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Until next week, Marisha, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet, princessesandpadawans.com. I'm princesses underscore and underscore padawans on twitter and p padawans on twitter oh no wait the second one is instagram princesses underscore and underscore padawans on instagram speaking of padawans i'm pretty hey, sure Padawan. one just went sleepwalking by our door oh it's very cute i think I we like woke it, it up probably with our laughing about dr horrible and such well where can we find you on the internet all right, so one You've got to make a list. <laughs> I'm going to have to write this down because it's gotten insanely long, but you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at crew underscore podcast at C-R-U underscore podcast. You can find me, you can find us co-hosting the other show, the Science Fictionary podcast. It, just like this one, you can find it pretty much anywhere that you, you listen to podcasts. Um, you can find us at thesciencefictionary.com. We hadn't gotten that totally back up and running at the pace we want it, but there are a few new things up there related to some of the pillars of sci-fi things we've been doing lately. And, yeah. um, I know we got a couple of articles in the works for that. And you can find me on my Twitch account at twitch.tv forward slash darklighter580, where I mostly play Apex Legends. Until Star Wars Battlefront comes out. No, not Battlefront. No? I don't like Battlefront. Star Wars oh. Battlefront 2, I, I just can't get into. But Star Wars Squadrons, I'm, I, I think there will probably be a lot of uh, Twitch streaming going on on there. So, awesome. So check it out there. And then, as always, be sure to check out the rest of our Red 5 family at red5network.com or at Red 5 Network on Twitter. 
Awesome. Until next time, may the force be with you. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.